Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. So uh, welcome, Discovered Wordsmiths today. We've got VK. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you today? Good. I I sound like a smarmy uh, sideshow host there. Hey, come on in and pop my balloon. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's all good. So I, I really got to ask this question for everyone on the podcast. Yes. What's the future like? <laughs> it's it's a bit dismal today, actually, to be yeah, honest. That's my joke because I'm so excited. I'm talking to someone that is in a different day. You're on Thursday and I'm on Wednesday. Yeah, it's Thursday, 8.30 in the morning. She's a bit gray outside. It's supposed to be summer. We really haven't had much of a summer this year. It's been a, a bit of a wet one. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's, not. it's not the greatest future at the moment. I know a lot of people around here would take the rain and summer as opposed to the several weeks of snow we've had, but whatever. I hear you. As we just alluded to, you're in Australia, which yes. is pretty much opposite everything from me. So tell us a little bit about, before we get into your book, a little bit about yourself, what you like to do, and some things outside of writing. Okay. So I was born in New Zealand. My, I'm what I call a mutt. My, my dad's Canadian. My mom's a Kiwi. So I traveled between the two countries a bit growing up as well. Oh, nice. And we moved to Australia about five years ago. I still haven't quite got the Australian lingo right. Occasionally I get caught out, but I'm learning. <laughs> and uh, we look, we're really enjoying the lifestyle here. It's a beachy, a relaxed kind of lifestyle, so that's lots of fun. Uh, we like going out exploring. I love traveling, which has been really difficult during COVID. So I've struggled a bit with my restrictions in place, but I'm looking forward to those coming up again soon, hope. But yeah, I, I love reading and I love writing. For me, writing is like watching TV. It's a way for my brain to switch into a different mode and, and think about different things outside of reality. So, Agreed. Yeah. I know when I sit down and start writing, even if I'm like, oh, I don't feel like writing or, oh, I'm not going to do good today, whatever. It's like an hour and a half later, I'm like, oh, I've written how many words? It's always <laughs> enjoyable. I agree. You guys have done pretty good with the whole COVID thing. You've tried to keep it a little more secluded and sheltered. It's, it's been interesting watching how different people have dealt with it. Like my, my folks back in New Zealand, they basically closed the entire country. Australia did to a certain extent. And then within Australia, obviously, there's different states. So each state had different regulations that applied as well. I think I, I lived in the strict, one of the strictest states in South Australia. But no, they've done okay. It's it's not an easy one because there's no quick fix on it. And I don't think from a government perspective, a one blanket approach meets all requirements either, which is yeah. uh, it's really tough, you know, having to constantly change 
and we all know governments move slow, so <laughs> much right. slower than viruses. <laughs> yes, yes, very much. So jumping just a little bit, you mentioned that uh, you travel between Australia and Canada, and I assume you go to New Zealand at times, if your yes. mother's still there. So moving between those countries, do you think that's been an influence on your writing and it changes how you think of your writing? I think travel always changes your writing. Having a greater perspective and looking at, at the world differently um, through the eyes of being a foreigner and you know, understanding that just because you do it this way doesn't mean everybody does it this way, I think helps you grow and and also helps your character development. I use a lot of characters from different locations and, and in, in some of my books from different universes because I love the concept that each person is a little bit of uh, how they're made in their biology and then a lot of how they're raised and the environment that they're raised in. You can edit biology to a certain extent, but how you're raised, you can really play with that. I like the ability to be able to use that, and I, I certainly see that when I travel. You can see even just how parents interact with their children at the airport. You can tell different countries from how mum's talking to, to the kid. It's, for me, it's a really interesting uh, look at humanity and, and how we view ourselves when you travel. Yeah, And, and it's different because you're basically secluded island, all your kind of yourself, you know, America and Canada, Mexico. So there's a little bit that we travel sometimes there. But I mean, I've talked to some people over in you know, the European, Asian countries and Africa and that, and they will travel vast distances and between countries or that. And it's always interesting to hear how they think and view the world differently and how that affects their writing. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your writing specifically. When did you say, Hey, I want to be a writer. I want to write. I, I get this question a lot. And to be honest, there's not like a solid line. I didn't wake up one day and go, yay, this is what I want to do. It, it's a gradual thing over time. I remember as a kid doing a little snippets of short stories and a lot of poetry in my teenage years. You go through the angsty phase and poetry really. And then coming out of that, I just got busy and it really wasn't a focus point until I got into my thirties and, and started really wanting to get not escapism, but having that time to myself brought back into my life. So for me, it became an opportunity, a bit like going and watching a movie to be able to escape from what I'm doing and go and, and sit and do something that, that I enjoy and that I can focus on. My first book really dabbled in, didn't really do much with. And then when we moved to Australia, we made a bucket list and said, okay, we're going to be doing this big move. Then I have to have one thing that I've always wanted to do that I've never done yet. So mine was to write a book because I hadn't completed anything at that stage. So I got over here and, and found that they had an amazing uh, writing group here. Incredible authors. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it still blows my mind that you come to middle of nowhere because this is rural Australia too. This isn't in the middle of Sydney. And yeah, all these people with this talent is incredible. So I got to join in with this group and the skills that I grew and learned from them was perfect. It's exactly what I needed. It was at the right time. I got my nice. book started. And then once I, it, it's like a drug. Once you get on it, it's really <laughs> hard to get off. 
and I just I kept feeding the beast and yeah and I'm still doing that I'm still loving writing I enjoy putting out lots of books and I really enjoy interacting with people like yourself other authors other artistic type because it just stimulates that different part of your brain on a regular basis so you said you like to read a lot also do you do what I do, I'll be reading. And I'm like, oh man, that was, I love that sentence. Or I love how they described that. And then the next time I go to sit down, I'm like, okay, I, I got to try and channel that. And so I use my reading to help fuel my writing a lot. Do you do stuff like that? I do. I have to say, I, I try not to put on my editor's hat too much. <laughs> But sometimes that creeps in too when you're reading something, you're like, oh, no, I'd move that there and I'd change that and I'd take that word out because you don't really. I think that's just a time thing. You get used to doing it on yourself so often that eventually you do it to everyone else. But yeah, I'm I'm a a genre hopper when I read too because I I read based on what I feel like I need to have. (laughs) So if I want something really light and happy, I might do like a rom-com or if I want something more in depth, I might go and and do some like action adventure or sci-fi or same here. I'm not, I'm yeah. Not... <laughs> yeah. Same here. I've got so many different things. And, and then I start reading one book in one genre and another book in another, I'm like three books, all different genres. And people are like, how the heck are you doing that? I'm like, I, I don't know. Maybe I have ADHD. I just jump <laughs> around. <laughs> so tell us about your book. Uh, what it, What is it called? And what's it, a little bit about what it's about? Okay. So the the one I've got coming up is, uh, it's called Vital Impetus Revenge Seeker. It's the second book in the series. Uh, The first book in the series is the Magic and Mischief uh, book, which actually I've got, I haven't got a copy of the new one yet, I'm sorry, but that's the Magic and Mischief. So it started as uh, a collection of stories through our publisher. So we did it as an anthology type thing. And I had a really strong concept of, a multi-universe scenario and I wanted to really have a play with what it looked like how it worked who was in it how that functioned how do you move between worlds that kind of thing so I started writing this story and it was only ever supposed to be as part of this initial book it was like going to be its own standalone thing but the more I got into it the more I realized that there's just so much to go on with It doesn't end in this book. And I got to the end of it and I I said to my publisher, look, I'm really sorry, but there's more to tell. And she's like, no, it's okay. (laughs) Don't worry about it. So, yeah, we've got book two coming out. And then I'm working at the moment towards book three, which hopefully should be the end. That's the plan. Unless the characters misbehave. But at the moment, that's the plan. (laughs) Sometimes they take a mind of their own. I know one book thing I wanted to do for a local fair turned into a seven book series that I'm working on. So I understand that. So tell us a little bit more about the what the stories are about. Don't to give things away, but synopsis for the people that are interested. Okay. So the baseline synopsis is the story is based around a character called Jess, who's here in Australia. I like to use local settings. Nice. I think it brings an authentic feel to it because yeah. I can describe to the reader places that I actually go to. So I find that quite fun. So Jess is here in Australia. She's been raised on the run with her family. She never really understood why. She just assumed that it was some kind of government thing or there was some generic reason why her parents wanted them to be off grid. And as she gets older, 
her parents announced her, look, are you going to have to leave? It's no longer safe for you to be with us. And she's okay, it follows the trend of my life of you guys, you know, hiding me from some non-existent threat that I can't see yet. And uh, yeah, she turns 18 and gets given this book from her mom, who's basically not abandoned her, but they've left her to to fend for herself as such. And, uh, and it explains in there about who she is and what she can really, and yeah, I've got a little bit around the background of that, if you want me to read it to you. But it, it, the concept of it is that it's a multiverse uh, idea. Jess is one of the realm kings, kingdom realms, future leaders. So it turns out her mother was actually a princess and had escaped with her father an illicit affair, which they ended up getting married and having kids. And she didn't want to go back to, to face the reality of, of what she had to be as, as a future queen. So she's been on the run. And, and so Jess is suddenly thro- thrown into this different alternate reality where she can actually control the move between universes. And she's, she starts accidentally. She falls through, finds herself in a strange place and then accidentally falls back out. So really those stumbling steps of moving between worlds. And then as she grows, she gets more control on it and she gets to be able to understand how it works and how to manipulate it and how to do the things that she needs to do. And she's slightly influenced slash assisted by a boy of a similar age. She had met him in her childhood and neither of them had really understood what the other one was. He disappeared for a number of years and then reappears back in her adulthood. And uh, it turns out that he is the son of the opposite kingdom. Now we've got this juxtaposition of the light energy versus the dark energy and the two being attracted to each other. and A little um, Romeo-Juliet type thing. A little Romeo-Juliet scenario. How does that work? What does that look like? And how do they work their way through that? We've we get introduced to it a little bit in the Magic and Mischief series. We start to understand how the worlds work. We see Jess start to understand how to use the power that she has and what that means. And then in the second book, this is where the adventure really ramps up. There's lots of action scenes. There's lots of underhanded ploys from different people as they try to manipulate the new pieces on the board. And I really got to have a look at I guess the concept of we we assume the worst of people when we hear only the worst. What happens if you have to suddenly be with them? How does that change your reality if you're seeing them on an actual day-to-day? They're not just this arch nemesis off in the distance. They're suddenly someone that you know and uh, somebody you might be related to. So how much of your genes comes into play? Are we, how similar are you to, to the demon that's portrayed by everyone else? I, I really wanted to touch on that, particularly for Jess. Her grandfather's portrayed as this really horrible person that's kind of tracked her family down, rules with an iron fist and, and does despicable things. But I really wanted to, to see if she was suddenly living with him and surrounded by him, what does that actually look like? How does that work? Does she see it the same way or does she start to see the cracks and the illusion and understand what that means? Uh, this is, yeah, that's 
we're in that middle section now that really um, heightened awareness. And then in book three, we're going to move towards her understanding and a greater, deeper aspect of reality. So Nice. Yeah. So, so is this general fantasy? Is it like YA? Where would you classify that? Oh, it's a really tough one. I think <laughs> it probably is YA in that there's there's no really like massively graphic scenes, but there are some traumatizing trigger moments. No different than in a Hungry Games series. But really, for me, I like the fluidity of moving between genres as well. This is a kind of book that I would expect adults to be able to pick up, understand, and probably get a, a deeper meaning from it than uh, a teenager who's going to really attach I think to that relationship part and not necessarily see the depth and the characters that an adult would see and I like that too I like you know it's a bit like you as an adult when you watch a a Simpsons movie or a Simpsons tv show you see something completely different to what a five or six year old sees so I like that concept too because I think there's some things that teenagers would see that uh, the adults won't and vice versa and it's I, that's funny you say that because I, I was thinking Looney Tunes because I was watching it with my stepson who's 14 and he's going, hey, this isn't like as silly and goofy as I thought. It's got some funny stuff. He viewed it differently than he had five, six years ago, which I was like, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff in there. So it's layers. What other books would you say that yours is similar to? That's a really good one. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. You mentioned the Hunger story. Games, but it doesn't really sound like it's a dystopian Hunger Games type story. It's not dystopian. It's more fantasy, a cross between almost like a, a time travel or a, like a multiverse scenario. Um, okay. Because they can move between worlds. At one point, she jumps into a world and, and meets mer people, which obviously don't exist in our universe but did in this one and then she moves around in between these different spheres so i haven't read anything that specifically reminds me of it and i don't know where i got the ideas of half of this stuff from yeah I, it's a fantasy multi-universe okay nice yeah. uh- you mentioned a publisher. So you have this traditionally published through somebody? Yeah, I do this through Inkspell. Inkspell are a small publishing house, but I love them so dearly. They are such a support team. They do great work. And it just, for me, it takes a lot of the stress off. I do some of my own self-pub stuff as well. I know... um that from a self-publishing side, you do have a lot more flexibility. You have a lot more control on on looks and feels. And even on the editing side, you can probably claw a little bit back. But I do also love the concept of having, feeling like you're part of a team and having that support network there. So for me, the duality of having both is like living in the best of both worlds. I get to pick and choose a little bit on what I want to present to who. And yeah, and it it gives me a bit of freedom. So Nice. Great. And the book 
one is out and two is just about out, you said? That's correct. Yeah. I think it's out next week. Okay. By the time the episode comes out, it's definitely going to be out. We'll make sure to put links in there for people. I'll make sure and grab that. That would be great. Thank you. So your first book, what type of feedback have you been getting from readers? Really good. I think people are, the the hardest part for people is the initial uh, info dump, I guess. I, I tried to make it not quite so in-depth. It's a bit like anything when you're world building and you have to supply information for that backstory. You need to, to give a lot of information over a short period of time, but you want to make it so that they can understand. So I, I tried not to, to put too much into that first book stretch it out a little bit but there is a lot of information because it's it's a concept reality and so having to allude to what that meant and how it worked and who lives where and why and how they interact that's quite a lot of information generically people seem to love it i've have really good reviews i've had a couple of art copy stuff come back for book two and people are really enjoying it so long may that last. We all know as authors that's a golden thing to have. But it's, yeah, it is quite different to a lot of my other books. I do a lot of different genres, a bit like how I read. I write based on how I feel. So I jump between genres. I'll have two or three books on the go at any one stage. I'm, I'm a terrible, if you're looking for somebody to, to have one specific type of book every time, that's not me. But my readership, get to pick and choose a little bit and they know there's something new coming out all the time. I, I, I get to enjoy what I do and they get to, to enjoy books as they come in and assess them on their individual merit. And I think that's really important too. Nice. Okay. And if you had a choice, would you rather see these as movies or a TV show? That's a tough one. Cause you know, some of the TV shows at the moment are amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a different thought and question than it would have been even 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I would probably want TV show, and that's only because my brain doesn't switch off. So I could create like series of TV shows for eternity. I could do 26 years worth of run <laughs> and never run out of ideas. So a TV show would be great. <laughs> That's um, funny. We just watched uh, Reacher on Amazon, and it was enjoyable. And uh, I told my wife, I said, there's 25 more books. <laughs> so she's like, oh, 25 more years, huh? So it's funny you say that. Hey, yeah, keep plant- getting them out there, getting the stories out there. That'd absolutely. be great. Yeah. So, right, so you say you read a lot. What are some of your favorite books and authors? Different genres for different times. So I am a big lover of the classics. I read most of them in my early teens, and I still pull them out occasionally now because every good book, when you go and pick it up a second time, you find something. And I I have to admit, I am a Jane Austen fan. I'm sorry for a lot of you out there that hate her, but I find her to be uh, really funny and interesting and quite a unique uh, character in herself. And But recently, what have I read? I've actually got into audio books. I told myself I was never going to do it, but I have a really busy lifestyle. And for me, audio books are great because I can listen in the car or I can 
put on the headphones and go for a walk around the block and listen and read at the same time. So I've been doing quite a few like paranormal romance stuff through that one. I'm writing some paranormal romance. So for me, it's both interesting and engaging, but also gets that part of my brain working. Okay. Um, What's your so, favorite audio book so far right now? Oh, oh, I don't have my phone. I don't have my phone here, I don't think, so I can't have a look at I'm really bad at remembering names. That's terrible, okay. isn't it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit that, Howard, I don't remember what it's called. As long as you remember the name of your own book, that's you know the most important. <sighs> I know. Don't we, we get into the habit of going on autofocus auto and, and like – I jump in and I push play on my audiobook thing and then it gives me a recommendation. Yeah, sure, sounds great. I hit the next one and I'm getting into the stories. I'm loving the stories and I'll occasionally put a review on. I tend to be a bit cautious on reviews because I don't want to like upset anyone. But I do, I get into that auto um, recommendation phase and that can be really dangerous because you're not actually proactively looking. You're just going, oh yeah, sure. So you mentioned Jane Austen. What's your favorite, other favorite classics? You mentioned you really like the classics. I love the classics. Charles Dickens. I am a massive Charles Dickens fan. Um, I love the beauty of the description in his work. He can describe or sum up a character in two sentences, and you know exactly who that character is. And he touches on and plays on some really dark themes around poverty and abuse and the 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 i guess the 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 way things were at the time, but he does it in such a beautiful way, and I really enjoy that and I have to admit this is a little bit of a side note uh, one of my very all time favorite books if you've never looked it up is a German author called Hermann Hess. he wrote a book called Steppenwolf. I've read it both in English and in German because I, I learned. And of course, I most Australian Canadians it. learn German. <laughs> it's in the surname. <laughs> yeah, it's a long story. I, I worked over there as a, a tour guide and a translator for, I don't know, a year and oh. a bit. Yeah. You're actually the second person on the podcast I can think of that mentioned Steppenwolf as one of their yeah. favorites. It's, nice. it's, it's such a cool book. I remember reading it in my teens and going, oh, my God, this is crazy, but it's so cool. I love the concept of this monster inside the man and how does that, that what part of him is actually him and what part is the beast and, and really connecting with that duality concept. And then it gets into all these kind of other greater thinking realms of he talks to Mozart and he discusses philosophy and it's just it is the craziest out there book, but I just adore it. I, I really do. From a philosophy perspective, from a duality perspective, from a real study in human nature and, and how and why we do what we do, I think it's a classic. So Nice. So around where you live, do you have a favorite bookstore that you like to go to? We have one bookstore in my town because it's like 16,000 people that live here which is Beers Bookstore, so shout out to them. Great, though. They're so supportive of local authors and writers. And I feel like because we have an abnormally large amount of authors for a very small town, 
And so they're constantly being bombarded with new writing books from us. It's a bit like the library. I think like I donated a book of mine for all of them to the library. And she's like, uh, can you slow down a bit? It takes us longer to put it in the system than it does for you to write it. But yeah, we, it's, it's, bookstores are really interesting. The world has changed so much. We've had a lot of shifts since COVID with people physically not being able to get in and do, mm. you know, the bookstore right. sit. Even in the old days, I remember you'd have a cafe bookstore combo and you can't do that anymore because distancing and masks and you can only not wear a mask if you're seated and drinking or so it's it's a tough one i do love seeing the growth in independent authors and the ability for them to be able to distribute their works in a into not just traditional concept stuff like libraries but they can now move into independent bookstores and even some of the large chain stuff uh, you can now get through, you know, as an independent author, you can get your stuff through there too. And it's fascinating for me to see the spread as well. Like some of my self-pub stuff, I've seen my books crop up in the strangest places. I'm like, I don't even know how that got there. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's oh, that's there. Oh, that's kind of cool. I don't know what I did to get that there, but happy days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But look, it's, I love the journey. I love interacting with uh, my fan base. I love hearing from my fans. I get lots of emails or messages from them. When's this coming out? When's the Have you written this bit yet? Lots of questions about my family. Is this related to your husband? Like this week? Like, no, it's not. But yeah, it's, I think the distribution world that we had has changed. If you look statistically, we've got a lot more pickup in things like KDP. And I was going to actually ask you a few things about that with living in Australia for our author talk. Mm -hmm. So that, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Before we get on to the author talk, tell everybody listening, if you were in the elevator, get that elevator pitch of why they should get your book and read it. Okay. Because it covers all the bases. We've got romance. We've got adventure. We've got multiple universes so if you don't like one keep reading you'll find another and i love the idea of keeping you on your edge of your seat so every page i want you to be more invested in the story so that when you get to the end of it you're like no where's book three because that's the ideal goal for me nice okay thank you for sharing the book it was great talking to you about it that's great. thank you for listening to discovered wordsmiths Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.